Thanks, and welcome to another Flock NFL podcast. What is up, all my mother flockers? Right now on the line, I got Massey. Massey, say hello to the beautiful people. How you doing, my flockers? And Ray Ray, do me a favor and say hello to the ugly people, too. I don't want to leave them out. Hey, what's up, ugly flockers? There we go. This week, we will be going over a new CBA with players guaranteed contracts our positional preview, and we will cover tight ends and offensive linemen in this episode. We'll go over some listener questions that we have from the Flock NFL Facebook group, as well as our AFC West breakdown. But first off, let's start with the hottest news of the week and LaShawn McCoy. Massey, what are your thoughts with what's going on with LaShawn McCoy? This is a really crazy situation. You know, we have a lot of issues with domestic violence and sexual assault going on in the NBA, uh, in the NFL. And, and it just entertainment in a whole. We have the Jameis Winston situation. Now we have this. We're not making any accusations against anybody, against Shady. But here's the particulars of the situation. If, you don't, if you're not aware, Shady McCoy's ex-girlfriend had a burglary at her house. An assailant broke in, stole some jewelry from her assaulted her, hit her in the face, in the head a few times with a weapon, a a pistol. And they believe that it's a targeted attack, that he specifically went in there looking for jewelry that was given to her by Shady McCoy that he's been trying to retrieve from her through courts and everything like that. I believe there's been four other police uh, uh, disturbance calls to that house in the last couple of years. It's pretty, sounds pretty, pretty bad breakup. McCoy is trying to get her evicted from the house. So she is accusing him of forcing this and having somebody rob her and assault her, either to scare her out of the house or get what he get back what he wants. So it's kind of a crazy situation. We don't have all the details. There's going to be an investigation. It's going to be long and drawn out. There's reports that Goodell might put him on the exempt list, so he might not be able to play. We don't know. Ray, how do you think this is going to affect the Bills? Well, when it comes down the field, Shady is obviously is their whole offense. He is their only offensive weapon, proven <laughs> offensive weapon. And the fact that they might have a rookie QB starting, the importance of a running back is very high. And then when you just look at the roster and they have guys like Chris Ivory, Tavares Cadet, Taiwan Jones, younger guys like Mike Murphy, there's really nobody just to take, nobody to start on that team. Chris Ivory was good a couple years ago, but he's always injured and he's getting older. Taiwan Jones has never proven anything. Tavares Cadet is a good little scat back type guy. So, Matt, is there anybody in the free agent market that possibly could be brought in to help the team? At this point in the offseason, free agency is a little bit slim. I know they were actually talking about Brandon Oliver, uh, former Chargers running back. He played for them three years, and he was also came out of school at the University of Buffalo to come in for camp. Um, but the guy had 35 carries last year. He had six catches last year. He's nothing but a camp body. You don't replace LaShawn McCoy on your team. You know, he's one of the top five running backs in the league last year. The guy's a stud. Um, but other than that, the only other thing out there, DeMarco Murray, I know he retired this morning, but hey, maybe this brings him out of retirement. He wasn't getting offers. Alfred Morris is out there. I think that's probably the best option. You're going to hear Adrian Peterson. I don't know if they want to go to him with the issues they're having with McCoy with 
Adrian Peterson's pass. And honestly, he didn't do anything in Arizona. Uh, their best option might actually be to trade for someone. And we'll have to see what develops. But right now, everything's at a standstill because, you know, there, there's a good chance that LaShawn McCoy is 100% innocent of all of this. He was out of the state at the time it happened. But, you know, there's also that chance that he paid someone to do it. And if he did, he needs to go to jail. It's just that simple. Absolutely. So, all right, moving on from the Shady McCoy coverage. Ray, what are your thoughts on the CBA? Do you think that players should get fully guaranteed contracts? Yes. Y-E-S. Yes. So the league revenue has reached $14 billion last season, which is outpacing all other professional leagues, including the NBA and the MLB that has fully guaranteed contracts. Um, one, another difference is the NBA has a, actually has a 50% revenue share where the NFL has a 447 and a ceiling of 48. So to solve this issue, we can't, there's no way to reach, there's no way to fully guarantee the contracts under the current cap structure. So we need to just toss out the whole CBA and redo the whole cap structure. Just start from the bottom and fix it. Um, to, and make it similar to the NBA. Give teams player, give players player options. Give teams team options. Give them the ability to decline, accept, so forth. Very similar to the NBA. And get rid of, in my opinion, get rid of the franchise tag. Um, and I just wanted to throw this quote out there. This quote was by Russell Kong, and it was his quote is, "I will never understand how billionaire team owners have convinced the public that the players who put their bodies on the line every week and make make less than fifty percent of the of the league revenue are the ungrateful ones." And he was responding to how fans were saying they're ungrateful for not have for complaining about not having a fully guaranteed contract. Now, under the current CBA, they can negotiate a fully guaranteed contract which we saw Kirk Cousins do it. But as we all know, other players will not be able to get it, especially wide receivers running back. That will never happen. Um, so, yeah, what do you think, Massey? I got to completely disagree with you. Fully guaranteed Shocker. contracts. Fully guaranteed contracts do will not work in the NFL, and there's multiple reasons for it. Look, the salary cap is completely different in the NFL. I know Ray saying, hey, we got we to gotta throw it out and redo it. But what's the reason for the salary cap in the NFL? Why was it done? People are going to say league parity, cool, the Cowboys were dominating, they had to put a salary cap. That was kind of it, but it was mostly the, the owners really didn't care so much about that. Yeah, they cared a little bit. Most of the, the owners saw the inflation of the contracts, the same reason they, did, they wanted to put in a rookie cap. And they realized, hey, we can't keep going at this current inflation rate. We got to put a cap on this. And the NFL doesn't have a soft cap like the NBA or MLB where you can go over and just get exemptions and fines and whatever. Just pay a tax. Yeah, you pay your tax and it really doesn't matter, especially in baseball. The NFL has a hard cap. There's no wiggle room. You have to be under the salary cap by this date or you're in trouble. Like, you have to. That's a hard cap. So they would have to completely redo the salary cap, like Ray said, but it would destroy the entire purpose of why the in- owners put it in place in the first put it in place in the first place, and I don't see the NFL owners wanting to do that. You also have to look at look. This is fifty three players on an NFL roster compared to 
thir- an average of what 13 players on the NBA roster. The league average for pay is double in the NBA per season than it is in the NFL because you're paying 53 players. Imagine having to fully guarantee all 53 players' contracts for their entire contract. That's ridiculous. The, the salary cap would have to be in an insane amount. It would be it would be pointless. There would be no point in even having a salary cap because of how high the number is. Also, you have to think about injuries as well. People will say, look, this is the most dangerous sport. They should have guaranteed contracts because of the injury risk. Really? NBA players have fewer risks. MLB players have fewer injury risk. Why would it – this is a business. Let's remember this. This is a business. Why would NFL owners who are thinking from a business mind and a business model decide, hey, I'm going to give fully guaranteed contracts to people who are more at risk of not being able to play out that contract? It just doesn't make sense in that aspect of, of, of business um, business thinking when it comes to the injury risk. Also, I don't think – take Des Bryant's situation as an example – why should Des Bryant have his contract fully guaranteed when he didn't physically play up to the contract? His numbers weren't there. They, they just weren't there. Why should the Cowboys have to fulfill his contract when he didn't play up to his contract? The owner's got to have an out. I'm okay with an injury clause. If you why, should injured, we, why should we protect the owners and not the players, though? Because it's a business. It's a business. Okay. It's, it, so why do you think we have unions to protect the, yeah, to you do. Protect the employees? You do, but, but there's no purpose – What's the purpose? The only argument you could have for the NFL players deserving a fully guaranteed contract is the injury. It's like, oh, injury. But even that's kind of sketchy, as I just said. But give an injury buyout. Don't have a fully guaranteed contract. If a player gets injured, they have an injury buyout clause. They have to pay in for that injury. And, and that solves that problem right there, and you don't have to do fully guaranteed contract. I don't think a player who doesn't get hurt but just doesn't play up to his contract should have a fully guaranteed contract doesn't make business sense well and i personally haven't i have a question about the injury clause i have a job you gentlemen have jobs too if i got injured whether it's on the job or not are they going to pay me my guaranteed salary for the next five years like nfl contracts last well you have workers comp but it's a little bit. It's a, it's actually a lot. Yeah, different. and, work, and, NFL players and workers, can do per, workers comp, comp as is well. what maybe forty percent of what you get paid normally. I believe it's sixty six percent. Okay, well there you go. I'm not and, a math guy. We don't do math on this <laughs> podcast, Massey. It, we say sorry, it every week. Sorry, I work in workers comp. So, Boo math. So <laughs> the, NF, the NFL also NFL players also can file workers comp claims. So yeah. that's that that covers a lot of their injury as well. Ray, how do you counter the lack of production and the injury side of Massey's argument? Well, when it comes to the lack of production, all we're doing is protecting the owners from making a dumb decision. That's that's the that that's the that's focusing on okay, let's protect the billion billionaire that's owners. Every business model there is. Yeah, but, but you can't compare every business to a to the NFL, the NBA, to a sports league. It's different. It's not the same. Yeah, and I get that. It's completely different. But what about the protection for the guy who balls out one year, busts his butt, he's in the gym every single day, you know, maybe like an Albert Hainsworth, and then the next year he just decides to take time off while playing for the Redskins. Was it fair to have to pay him $100 million guaranteed because he did his best for one year and then he took off the next several? I mean, if you performed 
our jobs and we did our best for one year and then we just took off the next three to four, would it be right for us to get paid like we were getting paid that one year? No, we'd, we'd get fired. Exactly. No, you're right there. But also, so Albert Hainsworth is a, is a very unlikely situation to happen again. It happens um, all the time. You ever heard of contract not, years? Not not to the level of Albert Hainsworth. He just maybe quit. not to that level, but that, it happens all the that's time. That's like players overperform. That's an in their contract level. year, and then and they underperform when they get their what, new contract. What's the average? What's the average career span for for an NFL player? Less than three years. But you okay. also have to take into I account. I want flock trivia. The, you, you also have to take into account all those practice squad players and players who barely make it in the NFL and only play a year or two. That drastically cuts down on it. And those players aren't mean? making a lot. That drastically cuts down on the number of years because it's averaging. You got players. The good players are playing five to six to seven years. The oh bad, yeah. The bad, but, you're, but you're when you add in all the players who are barely making practice squad or barely making the team, the fifty man who never really suit up. Yeah, of course it's going to drag down the how, average of the, how long uh, can you work in your career? How long can I work in my career? How long do you have the ability to work in your career? As long as I want, pretty much. Okay. NFL players and professional athletes don't have that ability. They have, do, a, sh- they have a short window do to they maximize know that? The, their dollars. Do oh, they yeah, know they that? know that. And, of course, and, they're not going to not do it because of the fame, the money, the fortune, the ability to play a game as a, and also, as a can, way of I'll, income. I'll tell you this. I can work for 80 years, 80 years, and I'll never make, the contract, make enough money to equal the, the average contract in the NFL for one contract. And you also have to look at, you can't sit here and tell me what do players have? How long is their career? How long was Mike Dick's career? His career worked out pretty good. He's a Hall of Fame player exactly. and went into coaching. Ozzie Newsome, Hall of Fame tight end, Hall of Fame GM, John Madden, most John these, Gruden. Most I mean, of these guys the, well, get free college educations as well. Yeah, they stay in the league. Now, a couple of those were just coaches, but there's plenty of coaches. Mike Babrell just got named head coach of the Tennessee Titans. He started out as a linebacker. He is still in the game making money off of it. I haven't really taken a side on this yet. I think Massey's swaying me a hell of a lot more than Ray Ray right now. My only thing is, I think two things. One, if Kirk Cousins got $84 million guaranteed when Aaron Rodgers gets his contract guaranteed, the Packers are going to have to guarantee him like half of the team because he is that much better than Kirk Cousins. You would think, but I don't. I don't. I think owners are going to fight back against this. I really well, do. Yeah, well, the, it, you're going to see the players strike in 2020. You're going to see the players strike. Well, the players are going to. They will be a work stoppage. The, the, the players it. are going to strike because of Goodell's power. That's already. That's it's not already, just that, but it's going to be it's, also. That's going to be the main contracts. thing. That's going to be the main thing. And I guarantee you, if they go to the players and say, "Hey, we'll give you fully guaranteed con- contracts," or and Goodell gets to keep all his power or not fully guaranteed contracts and Goodell get the powers taken away from Goodell I guarantee the players are going to take the power gets taken oh, away from no Goodell. No way. I would bet Absolutely. my life, I would bet my life salary that these players would take the fully guaranteed contract. They hate Goodell with a they passion. They hate him, but they want the fully guaranteed contracts more than anything. They're you got to think about the they got to think about the tens of millions of dollars they're missing out on because they'll they realize be, they're making tens of million dollars anyways. No, Rod, as, I, I would bet my life salary that they would prefer to have the guaranteed contract. Hey guys, right now, 
here's what it's come down to. We know that CBA is coming up in 2020. Mm-hmm. But just like I predicted future on the last podcast and said that the Patriots will no longer win the division that year, let me t- predict the future. They will have some form of guaranteed contracts. It won't be for all the guys. They'll do a baby version of it. There'll be injury opt-out. There'll be performance opt-out. But they will change it. But in exchange for the owners giving that up, because the owners will give that up and the players will get what, what they want, we're going to move to 18-game seasons. That's oh, what the, pl- that. yeah, that's that, what that's the players play. have to yeah. give up back. They're going to have to do some negotiating, and that's what and, the owners want more than anything. I don't, and I that's like the way that. the owners could increase profits to make up for it. Yeah. Like you said, I don't think they're going to get complete, a complete sweep of guaranteed contracts across the board. Maybe a percentage of the league will get it or something like that. I don't know. But there's no way the owners are going to pay 53 players guaranteed contracts throughout the life of their contract. It doesn't make sense. It would make the it would it would destroy the cap. I don't there would yeah, be but no point in the cap. There would be no cap. There's a thing called it evolving in business. There's a thing called adapting and evolving. If they did get fully guaranteed contracts, they have to adapt and evolve the way they do the contract. The it ju- it, no, it, the it doesn't years they sign make players. That. No, yes, it does. Businesses adapt and evolve. Every of course, day. businesses adapt, so but they're not the, going to make an illogical business decision. I'm just saying, if they go to the guaranteed contracts, instead of that player getting seven years, they're going to give them three, four years. Sure, well, they'll give them three to four years, and they'll get a lot less money. But guess what? They're not going to do it for the entire league. They're not going to guarantee a guy who's the 53rd man on the roster his fully guaranteed salary. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And to all the flockers at home listening, you can take up the debate on our Facebook page. I will post up the poll later on. Should they have guaranteed contracts or should they not? And this can carry on over there. But I got news for everyone listening. This is not going to be the most heated argument of the show today. (laughs) I can tell the future yet again. Moving on to our positional series, we're going to double coverage this one. Now, Massey. Who is the best tight end in the league? Who's your pick? Gronk Spike. Okay, Ray Ray, who's the best tight end in the league? Featured WrestleMania event champion <laughs> Gronkowski. And myself, I'm also going to pick Robert Gronkowski as the best tight end in the league. Um, if you disagree with us... What's his middle name? You seem, to, you seem to know Patriots uh, players' middle names as well. It's Eugene. Is it really? <laughs> I have no idea. Just no one would be awesome. I mean, didn't I sound awesome. confident? Yeah, yeah you did. Confident. But so we're going to skip the tight end positional series because it's a deadlock. It's unanimous. Gronk's the best in the league when healthy. But we will move on to our offensive line debate. Ray Ray, who do you think the best offensive lineman in the league will be in 2018? I hope I do not butcher his name. But is David Bakhtiari? I pronounced that right, right? I correct, I believe. He is a tackle for the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to say that because not too many people know offensive linemen, kind of the forgotten position. But he is the best. He will be the best this this season. One, because he's a tackle, the most important position on the offensive line. Um, he had a 98.5% pass blocking efficiency last year. And he only allowed three sacks with only two penalties. Being a Denver fan, to think of offensive linemen only having two penalties is is absolutely (laughs) absolutely mind-blowing. So to couple that with the fact that he is the best 
at his position currently at the most important position on the offensive line, it's easy to say it's David Bakhtiari. And he's protecting Aaron Rodgers. So how important is his job, right? Huh? That that's a very good point. And ladies and gentlemen, we have yet again another Homer alert, Homer alert, Homer <laughs> alert. Massey, who's your take? Well, really, I could I could just close my eyes and go down the Dallas Cowboys offensive line and probably just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Just like but, they went down last season. <laughs> Inj- injuries <laughs> do happen. Injuries do happen. But I'm going to go with go uh, go ahead and go with Zach Martin, the highest paid guard in NFL history. Just cashing in on his big contract from his stellar play. This guy has been amazing since day one. You know, I can't. I can still remember sitting there, watching the draft, praying that Jerry Jones did not mess it up and draft Johnny Manziel. And I remember Stephen Jones had to take the card out of his hand and say, "Hey, we are going Zach Martin," and they did. And it was a great decision because this guy has been an absolute beast. He can do everything. He can pass block. He can run block. And he can pull. I don't know how many times. You can go look it up on YouTube right now. Go just sack Martin pulling. This guy is 30 yards down the field still in front of the running back blocking the safeties and cornerbacks, just throwing him out of bounds. This guy is amazing. He could do it all. He has no weaknesses. Whew. That's a pretty good argument. Let me read you a quote on Zach Martin. Son, I hope you're happy. But let me tell you something. You don't get to own the Dallas Cowboys. You don't get to do special things in life by making major decisions going right down the middle. And that, taking an offensive lineman over Johnny Football, that was right down the middle, son. Jerry Jones to his son, Stephen Jones, on draft day. J.J. wrong yet again. And as Massey said, Mm -hmm. he was thankful that Stephen pulled that card out of his hand. But I have to go go elsewhere to my best offensive line win in the league. Lineman? What's the the alert coming up right here? Homer. (laughs) Homer alert. Homer alert. Homer alert. And that's fine, because we're from Philly, effing Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. I'm going with my mummer flocker, best parade of all time, Jason Kelsey, dressing up in the mummer suit, crushing it for the crowd, calling out Mike Lombardi. And, yes, this is a homer pick. I live and die by that. But you know what's not a homer pick? Only – can anyone name the offensive lineman last year for uh, the All-Pro voting, the All-Pro team? I'm assuming it's Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason Kelsey was the center on that team. Um, the what? guards, however, though, let me – I am scrolling down here right now. I'm looking over the guards. I've looked three, four times, and – Zach Martin wasn't named. And, mm-hmm. Ray, who was your guy for uh, the Packers that no one's ever heard of again? <laughs> David Bakhtiari. Okay, David Bakhtiari was also not named to the All-Pro team last year. The only one of us who picked an All-Pro from last year was me with Jason Kelsey. Not only that, he was Pro Football Focus's number two rated offensive lineman in the entire league. And he was number one rated for rush. Attack. Mm-hmm. 
he crushed it there at center. He also called all the plays. So, yeah, I'll be a homer with this one. I'm fine with it, but the stats also back me up. Okay, so first off, you can't pick a guy as the top offensive lineman that is best known as that other brother, right? <laughs> also, at, at this point, the other brother's Travis. He can't stay healthy, and he doesn't have a ring. <laughs> He's, if you saw the, if you saw the if you saw anything from the NFL offseason, you could pick Jason Kelsey out of a police lineup right now because you know what he looks like. Can you really do that with Travis? They look the same. They do. The ones just yeah, larger. but his beard is majestic. That, his beard is a lot better. <laughs> and also, true. also you picked a center, so definitely not as important as a left tackle. And also, you say that David Bakhtiari wasn't on the All Pro, the All Pro team. You're correct, but also we must we must remember that the offensive lineman selected the All Pro team is usually selected who is the best offense and who is the best offensive lineman on the best offense. Mm, There's not too many. I don't agree with that. In depth, I mean, Andrew Whitworth wasn't rated as the highest left tackle, but he was selected as the left tackle. So, well, when you're talking about rating, back you guys are. When, you, when you're talking about rating, you guys are talking about pro football focus most of the time, and they're one site. They do their own ratings. It's not a concrete rating. Um, so it's very hard to go off stats or anything like that for offensive linemen. There's stats are elusive for this position yes, group. Very we all know this. But here, yes. here, here's yep. the thing. Here's the thing. Da- Let's start with David Bakhtiari, who has made zero, count them, zero all pro teams. It's because people can't pronounce his last name. Zero all pro teams. And he has made <laughs> – he has made one Pro Bowl in his entire career, okay? Jason Kelsey, hey, yeah, he's doing a little better. He has made one first-team All-Pro. Congratulations this year. He made a first-team All-Pro, and he's made two second-team All-Pros. Congratulations. He's made three Pro Bowls. Congratulations. I get that. And that, this, this is just going back. And that's going back seven years for Jason Kelsey and um, five years for David Bakhtiari. For four years, however long uh, – that's how long Zach Martin has been in the league, four years. Um, do you guys want to guess how many all-pro teams Zach Martin has made in his four years in the league? I'm going to guess zero. Am uh, I wrong? You're wrong because he's made it four times every year he's been in the league. Four first team and four se- – uh, four second uh, – two, uh, two first team and two second team all-pros. He's been an all-pro every single year, and he's been to the Pro Bowl every single, t- every single year. He is simply the best guard he in the league. He's the best offensive lineman in the league. He had a little bit of a rough year last year, but that it wasn't even a rough year. It's just that sometimes with an offensive line, it's a cohesive unit. So if your offensive line isn't looking good, then sometimes the players get graded a little bit more, worse than they do they should because their offensive line as a whole isn't looking as great. And the Cowboys but had weren't all- they supposed to have the best offensive line in the league? And before you say left tackle injured, you're talking to a guy in tackle injured. Yeah, but did the Philly have a right tackle who was in his first year ever playing right tackle? Who had been playing guard the previous two years? No, but you told me Collins curve. was going to have a great season. He had a good season. He didn't have a great season. He had a good season. But it's a learning curve. It was a learning curve for him. He made a lot of mistakes in the first couple of years that Zach Martin had to try to cover for. At the end of the day, Jason Kelsey only had two penalties against him, and he gave up two sacks. He had a, he had a phenomenal year. season. He played center. He's not going against the top pass rusher. He had a league. great year. He had a great year. And, but the problem is, is that you can't just base it on one year. This is Zach Martin 
has consistently had great years all four years. He's the only person that can say consistently had great years all four years. Yeah. Left and tackle is the quarterback of the offensive line. David Bakhtiari actually the, the best center. Left I would I would give that to center. Center calls the place. Center yeah, calls the play, Sender's, which is my Sender's boy Kelsey. Center's not as important. We all know this. No, the, the blind left side is the most. The left tackle and the, is the quarterback most is the just most because, important. That's just because you're the most that. important doesn't mean you're the best. Eli Manning's. Uh, it Eli means you're the most valuable. That doesn't mean he's the most. Imp- he doesn't mean he's the best on his team. I will give you guys this though, Bakhtiari and Martin. Div, did give up zero sacks, zero holds, and zero penalties in the playoffs, just like Jason Kelsey did. <laughs> only, only difference is Kelsey played several games in the playoffs, and the other two did not. Well, if and Bakhtiari did if make the second lineman, team. If one lineman made a difference between a team going to the playoffs, that would be amazing. Hey, with that magical Mummers hat, and the underdog role they played, and telling Mike Lombardi off, I believe it. That man's beard here is magical. Jason Kelsey can do anything. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Well, as you tell we can't agree, we will throw it up on the Flock NFL Facebook group. Go ahead, add yourself to the group. Or if you're in the group and listening to this, invite your friends. Invite them to like the podcast. Invite them to like the Facebook page and take part in our conversations because, as you know, this is for the fan and by the fan. Just not Broncos fans. So, <laughs> correct. We're only allowed one Bronco fan, and that's it, and that's right. But please, find some new ones so we can at least upgrade the one that we do have. Now, <laughs> now we are going to our fan question segment, one of my favorite parts every week. This fan question comes from Kevin, and he wants to know, what newest edition will have the biggest impact on their new team this year. Massey, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. What? Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. You mean I, like Case Keenum Sr.? Yes. Yeah. The upgrade from Case Keenum. Um, I really have always disliked Kirk Cousins because he's been a Redskin, so that's automatic hate for him. But now that he's not a Redskin, it, it goes away a little bit. But I've always thought he's a really good player. I thought he was a better player than RG3 coming out of college. And I was proven to be right. Kirk Cousins has a lot of talent. He just didn't have a lot of talent around him. The one the couple, one year he really did have some talent at wide receiver, he put up some big numbers. But he still had a really bad team overall around him. Never really had a running game. Now he's going into a situation where he has arguably the best defense in the NFL. He has a running back. Even though he's coming off the injury, he's still a dynamic running back. And he has two of the best young wide receivers in the game and an awesome tight end. This guy has weapons all around him, and he's going to put up huge, huge numbers. And it's, I, I know it's going to be difficult to say, how is he going to help the team all, so much? Because the Vikings were already really good. 13 games they won. Yeah, it's going to be hard to quantify it in the win category because – you know, I think they're going to go about 13, uh, probably about 13 wins again. But the his stat category and their offensive production as a team, I think is dramatically going to go up. Mm. I have a question. What was the question again? Let me break that question down. The question from Kevin, what was it, Matt? What newest addition will have the biggest impact on their new team? 
So, do you believe that the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? I think they have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. That, they, just as well as anybody else. Because that is the only way he could be viewed as the player to make the biggest impact on his team. That's Not it. necessarily. Yes. Biggest impact is improving the team, improving the win. So my if they pick, improve the offense, I don't, I don't agree. It's going to be hard to improve. The offenses are already a very good offense last year. Very it was, efficient. It was, well. it was good, but it's going to be I mean, great this year. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, uh, well my, Ray, Ray, um, I think it's that time again. This is our third time this podcast, dear God. We're going to have to diversify the next one. But homer alert, homer alert, homer <laughs> alert. <laughs> what I'm getting, my pick is Case Keenum. And like I said, the biggest impact must be a player that's going to go to a team and vastly improve that team. Denver only had five wins last year. Their QBs are as bad as the Browns last season. So imagine having a competent starting Q- QB going to that team, a QB that took his team to the NFC Championship game. So add that, increase the wins by about six wins, and I would say that's the biggest impact. He's going to a team with a very good defense. They have weapons. They have a good offense coordinator that finally took over. Mike McCoy's gone. His complicated, overcomplicated offensive scheme is gone. So he's going to improve more. He's going to improve the Denver Broncos more than anybody else that you could put on this list. What do you think? I think that's a fair argument. I, um, I was between two people for this, and Case Keenum was the other guy I was considering for it. I do think that they have a chance to, you know, turn that team around a little bit. Um, whether they do or don't, can't say. Season hasn't happened yet. But I do think it's a legitimate chance. But the question isn't who is going to improve their team the most. Exactly. The question is who will have the biggest impact on their team. And because of the way the question is worded, and I'm going with impact. I don't want a guy who's going to give me six wins. I don't want a guy who is going to give me an extra 10 touchdown passes and an extra thousand passing yards. That's not what I want for an impact on a team. I want a guy who's going to let me know the future of my franchise. And right now, last year, the Chicago Bears don't know what they had in Mitch Trubisky. They had no clue what they had with him, simply because the offense was abysmal. John Fox had literally given up on football, it seemed, if you watched any of the games. And he didn't know what he was doing with his offense. Now they have a new head coach in there coming in hot from Kansas City. Nagy's ready to dish out the ball. And so what he decided when he looked at his roster was he had no receiving weapons. So he went out and got Allen Robinson from Jacksonville to come over for Mitchell Trubisky. Look, I don't think the Bears are going to have a good season. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to improve by more than maybe three wins. But what I do think is that Allen Robinson will let them know whether Mitchell Trubisky is their quarterback of the future or if whether they might have a little bit of a bust on their hands. And I think they need that number one type receiver to show them whether they have it in him or not. Carson Wentz, his first year, didn't have the greatest season. He started off high, went down low. What did Philly do? They went out and got a number one receiver in Alshon Jeffrey. And, hey, look, Wentz looked great. It was night and day different. You know, they upgraded the team in other places, and they had one of the best rosters in the NFL, and the Bears are still far from that. But I think now by getting the talent in Allen Robinson, they grabbed Trey Burton from Philly. 
I think that Trubisky is going to have a chance to either make it or break it this year. And that's why I think the impact will be. Massey? Allen Robinson's a bold pick, man. That is a bold, bold pick. I mean, we got to see how he comes back from the injury. You know, he had one one reception for 17 yards last year in one game. 2016 didn't didn't play very well after his big 2015. A lot of people are going to put that on Blake Bortles, put it on Blake Bortles, but you know, he didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, Bortles it is Blake Bortles though. Yeah, but he had Blake Bortles in 2015. So it's interesting. That's a bold. That's a bold prediction. I do think that the Bears have put weapons in place for Mitchell Trubisky to either succeed or fail. So I do agree with you there. Just not sure if Allen Robinson is the is the guy that's going to make the biggest impact there. Well, we'll see. Alshon Jeffrey was coming off injury history too. So that's you know, true. hopefully the guy yeah, stays but... healthy. I don't want anyone to ever see anyone get injured unless it's Greg Hardy. But I just think that he will let them know what they have in Trubisky. It's a good point. Fair, fair points, fair points. But Alshon Jeffrey had multiple seasons of playing at a high level. Allen Robinson has one. So That's true. It's hard to yeah. compare those two. And like you said, we are saying the biggest impact and the best way to measure an impact is wins and losses. So, Well, goes for you, I, you know, I don't care about wins and losses for one season if it lets me know whether I have a franchise QB or if whether I need a new quarterback. I don't agree with wins or losses is the biggest impact either. I think there's there's plenty of ways to make a big impact. Wins and losses is one way. Changing the offense is another way. Deciding if you have a franchise quarterback, that's another way. But I'm just telling you, I think that uh, Kirk Cousins and what he his ability with weapons around him is going to do for that my, uh, Minnesota Vikings offense is going to be pretty pretty substantial. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking forward to playing the Vikings at all. And nobody I- should. I just don't see them improving that much from what they did last year because they had such a stellar year last year. But, you know, yeah, maybe they will. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is leaps and bounds ahead of uh, Case Keenan, man. Leaps and Pat and Shermer's gone. And Pat Shermer's gone. That's true. Yeah, but no. they got good coaching. Um, and they got uh, Filippo from Filippo, who Filippo might be one of the best young coordinators in the league, man. That guy – that guy might be better than Pat Shermer. We're gonna have to wait and see. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing that because that's a big bold claim. But that guy's that guy's good, and I'm glad he's not in Philly anymore. I'm not. That 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 makes one of us. Gosh, yeah. Josh, Josh McDaniel screwed us I, big time. But moving on. Um, all good points. He had a second. Fo- Kevin had a second follow up question. What rookie will have the biggest impact this year? Massey, you're up. This one I went back and forth on, back and forth on, back and forth on. It. It's, oh, man, I just couldn't really put it down. And so I just decided, you know, to go with the most important position. And I'm going to go with uh, Sam Darnold of the Jets. Like I said on the last episode, I think he'll be started probably about week five. Um, and I think he's going to change that franchise. I don't think they're going to win a ton of games because I think they're going to lose a lot in the beginning. But I think they're going to win some games with him, and he's going to show promise, and he's going to show, like, look, at, I'm here to stay. I'm the quarterback of the future. And he's going to start making some plays with not that many weapons around him. And people are going to take notice, and the Jets are going to be starting – or people are going to start to take the Jets serious after this year with what Sam Darnold is going to be able to do. I will take um, a little different approach. I believe the rookie with the biggest impact is going to be Saquon Barkley. 
I believe he's going to add another element to the offense and alleviate some of the pressure off of the aging Eli Manning. Um, he's going to bring excitement, more excitement to that fan base. People are going to want to watch him. Imagine Barkley and OBJ on the, on the same field together. It's going to be very entertaining, and it's going to it's going to be a great impact for just fans in general to watch that. Um, and it's going to impact the team. Um, it's going to it's going to help Eli out a lot. Him OBJ, it's going to he it won't, won't be as much pressure on him. And yeah, I would say Barkley's going to have my biggest impact. I think they're both good selections. I think they'll both have their impacts. Um, even though I hate taking a rookie running back in the first couple draft picks, I do think Barkley will still have an impact. I do think he'll be a good running back. I just don't think it's a good draft pick overall, but I think he'll have a good season and the um, Giants should improve. And actually I was taking a long, hard look at the Jets and Darnold. I'm just nervous about the coaching up there. Um, That's a good point. My biggest impact I'm going with a long shot here. In fact, I'm going with the longest shot of the first round because I'm going all the way down to the 32nd pick of the first round. And I'm going with Lamar Jackson. A guy who's not even going to play. Oh, yes, he will. Well, and that's where it comes down to. You don't think he's going to play? I think he will play this season. I think Harbaugh is going to be scrambling for his job, and I think he's going to play him at some point this season. Or Joe Flacco – Numerous back issues in the past. We'll have to miss some time. Lamar Jackson's going to come in. And mm-hmm. I think he'll impact that football team. I think it will impact him for the better. I'm excited to see what this guy can do in the NFL. I'm tired of watching what Flacco can do in the NFL because it's not a whole hell of a lot. You guys know my opinion on uh, Lamar Jackson playing. I'm, I, I, don't, I think he's going to be in some wildcat situations. If you're going to call that impactful, then call that impactful. He's not going to be a starting quarterback, in my opinion, this year. Barkley is the other guy I went back and forth on, obviously, because Barkley is a great talent, and they have a big need there. My only issue with Barkley, and it's not even really an issue with Barkley, it's an issue with the Giants. They still don't have a good offensive line. And he's, I mean, I don't care who you are. Unless you're Barry Sanders, which I don't think Saquon Barkley is, you're going to struggle behind a bad offensive line, and they still have a bad offensive line. And he's going to struggle. He's going to be getting hit in the backfield right away, a lot. So he's going to have some. He's going to have to find some ways to get open and get get away from some tackles. I'm just not sure. I mean, he's just not sure how big of an impact he's going to have. Um, this is going to be a first, Matt. You got me. You converted me. <laughs> I like your pick better. I I hate to say it, but you will. Barkley's still gonna be very impactful, but I don't think it'll be as impactful as seeing the end of an error in Baltimore because he will start at one point. Flacco will not be returning. They've structured that team around having a running a mobile quarterback with the with the coordinators they brought in and the backup quarterback they brought in. They they are preparing for it and they want this. They want Flacco gone. And they're going to love the uh, the life at the bottom of the division for a few years if they do that. On their division. Yeah, yeah they're I, good. I, and I know. And I know. <laughs> so, all right. Well, gosh, I guess that means I won that segment because I converted someone and now it's a two-to-one vote. And I'm the host, so Joseph can't clap back. So, moving on. <laughs> 
Division breakdown. We are now to the AFC West, and we happen to have an AFC West fan on the podcast Woo-hoo. with Ray Stone, which is very nice to have. So naturally, I'm going to do anything but start there. What is everyone's outlook on the Oakland Raiders this year? Ray, you're up. The Oakland Raiders are probably the largest wild card in the, in the NFL in general. Um, we don't know what we're going to get with uh, Gruden. We don't know what kind of coach he's going to be. Is he going to adapt to the new NFL? Is he going to be stuck in the, his old ways? Um, they got rid of some players. They brought in a lot of aging talent, um, especially in the wide receiver positions. And they still – they have – one superstar in defense. Khalil Max is stud. Um, but outside of that, they have Bruce Irvin. They have a couple players that have some potential. But they really are just – it's up to Carr and Gruden, honestly. And I just don't see Gruden being having a good first year back. I, I, I see them finishing toward the bottom. I'd say third in the division this year. All right, but Matt. they could be the one team that – surprises everyone and wins it just because of Carr and Gruden. Maybe he's still great. He's a great coach, but I'll say third. Massey, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? Um, I agree a lot with Ray on the fact that they're a wild card. They're kind of – it's kind of hard to guess where they're going to be. You know, they can finish anywhere between probably last and second, in my opinion. And they're just – they're that wild card. They did add some some uh, old people, as Ray stated. I mean, Jordy Nelson, you don't know how how much he's got left in the tank. They did get some – Muscle did, hamster Doug Martin old, people. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They did They did pick up some uh, young receiver, receiver talent, though. They did get um, Ryan Martin. Switzer in a trade. I really like Ryan – I really like Ryan Switzer. He's a good punt returner, and I think he's going to be a good slot uh, receiver in this league. Martavius Bryant, still no word on if he's going to be suspended or not. It, they haven't said anything. If he's not, it's a great pickup for them. If he is, it kind of stinks. But if it's not, he he provides them that deep threat. You know, so I really – some things I do like, some things I don't like, which what they did. You know, Marshawn Lynch, the, the John Gruden aspect is really what's what's intriguing and how he's going to do and how – how he's going to morph this team. John Gruden absolutely loves Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is one of the best quarterbacks in this division, if not the best quarterback in this division. Probably second best, in my opinion, to be honest, behind Phillip Rivers. But I also really am intrigued with Marshawn Lynch. And I know Marshawn Lynch didn't have the best year, but he did have 4.3 average, seven TDs, and limited carries. John Gruden, and almost in pretty much every year he was a head coach, his running backs got 300 carries and 1,000 yards. I do think Marshawn Lynch is going to get a lot more carries, and I think Marshawn Lynch is one of those backs with the more carries you give him, the better he gets. So I do think that if they're going to get, they're going to give him some more carries, I think he's going to have a better year. I'm actually also looking for Amari Cooper to rebound significantly from his horrible year last year. Still can't so I'm going to put the Raiders in third. <laughs> That's true. But I'm a, he, he's a talent with the ball in his hands. I'm going to put the Raiders in third. 
Yeah, and you know what? That's one spot higher for both of you than I have them. I mean, we talked about age. When I look over their off-season additions and see Derek Johnson, Leon Hall, Doug, Martin, Jordy Nelson, I, I feel like I'm looking at the 2011 Pro Bowl replacement roster. I mean, like, it's just kind of bad. Derek they, Johnson. Yeah. They have the oldest roster in the NFL. They have a head coach who hasn't coached in a decade and just signed a cushy 10-year $100 million contract. Now, John Gruden's a smart guy, but as much as he says he does his Gruden grinders, I don't think he's been grinding on off-season rosters. And it worries the crap out of me that they went out and they got the oldest roster in the NFL. They traded for Martavius Bryant with the Steelers in the draft. And you know what? It's not like he was doing so great with Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not convinced that Derek Carr is a good football player yet and we've seen a good year from him we've seen a bad from him we've seen a middling year i needed to see more from him to realize you know hey is he gonna do it or not so i just see them finishing kind of dead last and also colton miller offensive tackle first round pick what i mean donald Terrible. penn was pissed at that happening saying yeah. hey i still got years Terrible left pick. what are you doing and it was massey you've gone off on how much you hate this pick it's a bad pick. It's the worst. So it's, I, it's and, not bad. It is and the worst. they followed it up with another offensive tackle in the third round. They just said, hey, you know what? All we need to do in this draft is work on our line. They went offensive tackle, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, defensive end. Fourth round was the first time they took a guy not on the line playing. I know you build your strength through the lines, but they didn't pitch strong line, linemen. They also got rid of their entire special teams trying to save money. Janikowski, the Polish god, they got rid of him finally, and he was still doing good. But they got rid of Marquette Kane. It seemed like they were just trying to save money, and they didn't like that he was a showy punter, whatever that means. I guess he celebrated too much for their taste. He was one of the best punters in the league last year, and they just got rid of he him. He was. I'll take him to Denver. Yeah, you will. Ooh. He's going to be amazing in Denver. You can take him celebrating a good pun every now and then. I'm fine. I live in Tampa. You can boot it in that air. We, we mm-hmm. love Martin Grammatica celebrating. Now, Bill Grammatica celebrating and coming down on the ACL tear, <laughs> not so much. You've got to celebrate right, and I think Marquette <laughs> King does it right. But I just think Gruden's in over his head. I don't like the roster, and I see them finishing dead last in the division. Now, the team that I f- see finishing – in first place in the division, though, night and day different. I think that the San Diego Chargers had a rough go of it last year. And I whoa, think this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. San Diego. Oh, that's right. San they Diego. Moved. See, I thought the only LA oh, team Matt was the Rams. called out. You're right. Can we edit yeah. that crap out? Is it too late? <laughs> no. <laughs> no staying. Crap. Well, last year they lost Los their Angeles first. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers, La Chargers, as I like to call them in Spanish, uh, they lost their first <laughs> and second round picks to injury at the beginning of the season to Mike Williams and Forrest Lamp. And then they went out, they got them back, but they also went out and added Mike Pouncey in free agency and drafted Darren James to play safety for him. I love what they did in the offseason. They really, the, the only guys they really lost was Antonio Gates and sadly – Hunter Henry tore his ACL. I see the Chargers going out and re-signing Antonio Gates. It's the only thing that makes sense for them at this yeah. point. 
So I think they're rolling back the same team. I think they're getting better. I love Melvin Gordon. I love that pass rush in San Diego. They, they have one of the best defensive lines in the league for me. Not better than Philly, but still pretty damn good. And I see the former San Diego Super Chargers, now the Chargers, coming in first. Massey, where do you see them finishing up this season? I hate to do it, but I absolutely agree with you on the Chargers finishing first place. We agree. Is that this the first? Chargers teams? Yeah, I think it might be. The the Chargers came on at the end of the year. Well, not even at the end, like the middle to end of last year. And I can't believe they almost made the playoffs. Didn't they start like zero and four? They they are they they put it together. Philip Rivers had another outstanding year. You talked about the defensive line. They have a great defensive line. They probably do have the best secondary in the NFL. Their secondary, Casey Hayward, is, plays lights out there. And you're adding Derwin James to that secondary. That's going to be insane. Man, I can't believe Derwin James fell to them. So they just got it all around. Melvin Gordon's an outstanding back, can run, can catch, catch the ball out of the backfield. He can really do it all. Their wide receivers are going to get uh, – Keenan Allen is so underrated. So He's underrated. so damn Such good. Such a good wide receiver. It's ridiculous. I know he gets injured a lot, and that's why he's underrated. But he's when he, that guy is healthy, he's one of the best in the league. And people start need to start re- realizing that. And then Mike Williams, let's see what Mike Williams can do. Forrest Lamb was a highly uh, sought-after prospect coming out of the draft last year. He unfortunately got injured. We'll get to see what he does. Signing Pouncey, one of the best centers in the league. They, have, they made great mo- off-season moves to improve their already great team. And at the end of the year, I don't care what the record said at the end of the year last year. The Chargers were the best team in the division at the end of the year last year. It's just they got off to a bad start, and it cost them the it cost them the division. Now you say they were the best team at the end of the last season, but also toward the end of the last season, they still had chances to get in, but they they lost. But I will say, you guys yep, said everything I need to say. They do have the best roster in the division, but Philip Rivers and the Chargers just don't know how to win the division anymore. So I got to finishing second. Hey, looks like we all have them up pretty high. And that only leaves two teams left. Now, Massey, you gave your first-place team and your third-place team, but you haven't given your fourth-place team yet, right? No, do, I have not. Do me a favor. Give me your second-place yep. team. Who do you see finishing second in the division this year? The second-place team who is going to finish the second in the AFC West is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. The, Can- the Kansas City Chiefs will finish second in the division. They still have a very good – they have an incredibly talented offense outside of the quarterback position. They have playmakers at every level. Their wide receivers are playmakers. Their tight end is one of the biggest playmakers in the NFL. Their running backs, Kareem Hunt can score from anywhere on the field. Tyreek Hill can score from anywhere on the field. And don't forget about Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is coming back from injury. Spencer Ware was a starting running back last year. Spencer Ware is a very, very good running back. It's going to be interesting to see how him and Kareem Hunt split time. It could be difficult. It's, it might be difficult to stop that tandem right there. And, you know, they just have they have weapons. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be a downgrade. I get that. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a downgrade from Alex Smith. He's gonna make he's gonna make bigger plays than Alex Smith did, but he's also gonna make a lot bigger mistakes than Alex Smith did, and I get that. 
but you're going to take the good with the bad. That's why they're going to drop a little bit than they, from where they were last year. But they're going to finish second. They, their defense is really bad, and that's what's going to kill them. Their defense is not that good. Outside of Justin Houston, that defense is going to – and, well, Barry, of course, but, like, they're going to struggle. They're, they lost Marcus Peters. That's going to that's gonna really hurt. That That was just a horrible, horrible plan by them. I don't know what they were thinking. But – their defense is what's going to kill them, and what their defense is really what's going to drop them down to second place. I think Marcus Peters was a bit of a locker room issue. We saw some of his antics on the field, throwing an NFL referee's Probably, but flag into the stand. Hey, I'm not disputing that he's a great player, but Andy Reid, who is a player's coach, does keep a tight lid on his locker room, and I think he just felt that one getting out of hand. He had a guy get out of hand in Philly and T.O., and I think Reed just wanted none of it. They knew they weren't going to extend it, so they took what they could got for him. Ray Ray, where do you see the Chiefs finishing? Last. I have the Chiefs finishing last in the division. Let me just break it down, right? Obviously, they have weapons on offense. They have a lot of weapons on offense. They, um, but you have to get the ball to those weapons on offense. So not only do they have Patrick Mahomes, a first-time starting QB, who he may end up being a very good QB. I don't know. But what I do know is that he had a lower scout grade than Paxlin's coming into the league, coming out of the draft. He was turnover prone. He is going to be a first-time starter. And who does he have to play two times a year? He has to play Joey Bosa and Ingram twice a year. He has to play Mac and Bruce Irvin twice a year. And he has to play Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb twice a year. So that's, that's a murderer's row right yeah, there. That's daunting for a first time starting QB. Then to add in the fact that you have to have opportunities in offense to use your weapons. And when you have a defense that was one of the worst in the league last year, 29th in passing, 25 in rushing, and 28th overall defense, and then you lose Marcus Peters. You lose Ali, you lose your captain and Derek Johnson, and you don't have that much youth coming up. They got D Ford who hasn't quite jailed. They have a guy in the defensive line that's that could become something. But the defense is just atrocious. They're not gonna have opportunities, as many opportunities as they had in the past. And they're going to miss Alex Smith. Say what you want about Alex Smith. His slow ball actually helped them keep the ball away from the, their defense, the other team's opposing team's offense. It's just I just do not see how anybody thinks this team could win the division. Now down the line, you could see it with Patrick Mahomes if he develops. But this year, there's absolutely no way. They don't have the roster. They don't have the quarterback for it. It just won't happen. Yeah, and you know what? I understand that they got rid of Derek Johnson, but I think Anthony Hitchens was going to be an improvement over him. Derek Johnson might have been a great leader and great for the locker room, but he wasn't great on the football field. Uh, they need a guy who can keep up. Also this year, they should be getting back Eric Berry, who is one of the best three or four safeties when healthy in the NFL. And although I hated them trading Alex Smith, I, you know, is what it is. But they got Kendall Fuller back, who was mm-hmm. a downright nasty slot cornerback one of the, the Redskins last year. I love the Redskins doing that trade. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I think they downgraded from Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith, and then they gave up, you know, Kendall Fuller to do it. I was ecstatic. That was great news. 
for me. But, you know, Redskins fans still think that, you know, Alex Smith at 34 years old is going to be tremendous and they need to pay millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> but, hey, at least the contracts aren't guaranteed. Well, not yet at least. Um, I, I still think at the end of the day, I don't know what to make of Mahomes. We haven't seen much of him in the NFL. He came in in spurts last year. But I do know the man calling the plays. I do know the man running the offense and running the team, and that man is Andy Reid. And Andy Reid has many knocks against him. Trust me, you could take any 15-year-old off the street who plays Madden and let him call timeouts for Andy Reid, and it would be a vast improvement. But Andy Reid is a quarterback whisperer. If you look mm. at the QBs who have played under him and then look at what happens to those QBs when they leave him, it is night and day different. Alex Smith, of course, saw his best season under him. It's no surprise. And I think that Andy Reid will be able to whisper a little bit to Mahomes and use some of that old Reid magic and that Mahomes will have a pretty solid season, albeit those turnovers will go up. But with all the weapons around them in Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and I don't know, I, I think Jason Kelsey is a younger brother on the team. I'm not sure who it is, but he's pretty good at football too, I hear. Uh, they did add Sammy Rod- Watkins, who was the worst free agency Rodkins. signing. To- Watkins, <laughs> who was the worst free agency signing for me this off season. It was bad. Uh, he's on his third team in four years. I mean, no one wants the guy, and he's maybe 24. I think he's not a good football player. Sorry, Chiefs fan. And the thing is, we do have a rabid Chiefs fan base in the Flock NFL Facebook group. There's a lot of them. They're loud. They yell at you when you go after their team. So I just want to remind all of those Chiefs fans in the Flock NFL Facebook group, Massey and Matt said you guys were second in division, might make the playoffs. Ray Stone said you guys were finishing dead last, and he's a Broncos fan. Yep. Yep. So that leaves us with one and only one team left. And it's interesting. Ray, have you given your first place team yet? Nope. Massey, have you given your last place team yet? I don't think so. Ooh, I haven't given my third place team, but no one cares about that. Ray Stone, <laughs> why don't you tell us why you think that the Denver Broncos are going to win the division this year? Well, for one, I solely believe in speak it into existence. So that's, <laughs> that's part of this, right? Also, if you just look at the team, so let's break it down. We brought, they brought in Case Keenum, who's a vast, vast improvement. Um, there's a possibility that last year was a fluke, but he has progressed throughout his careers in the NFL. He has shown a tra- trajectory to be a quality starter. And um, in his defense, he had Jeff Fisher as a exactly. head coach. And, and Jeff Fisher had Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and Nick and Foles. Nick Foles, and couldn't do crap with him. And all of them looked great in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. Yep. And so you, you add him in. You get rid of Mike McCoy, bring, have Bill Musgrave take over from the QB Coast offensive coordinator. He's simplifying the offense. The offense last year was way too complicated, especially for the three QBs they had. Um, that's going to that's gonna help. That's going to prevent keep players from having to think too much and let them just play and use their talent. You have the old guard of Emmanuel Sanders, who's now the best receiver on the team, Demarius Thomas, who still can play. And maybe he keeps talking and say he's fully healthy now his hips, but it seems like every year something's wrong with his hip. Um, you, they drafted Cortland Sutton, who's looking very good in mini camp. Um, 
and OTAs. Granted, let's see what he does in preseason, but he's a talented guy. A lot of people thought he'd go first round. Um, they got Jake Butt, who is a sleeper this year. Um, like you said, like you've said in the past, don't sleep on the butt. Um, so <laughs> on, on offense, the, 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 only, the only negative to the offense is C.J. Anderson wasn't great, but they did lose C.J. Anderson. And Devontae uh, Booker is not C.J. Anderson. So I believe Royce Young will be starting. Freeman. For, uh, Royce Freeman, my bad. It's all right. They're not my favorite team yeah. or anything. <laughs> too, I bet, too many NBA um, news articles lately with Royce Young. Give me a break. Um, and, uh, but Royce Freeman will be starting in week one. Then you just go to the defense. Well, obviously, we know we got Vaughn Miller. You got Chris Harris Jr., the most underrated cornerback in the league. Um, they drafted Chubb. We know Chubb is a blue chip player. Um, add him with Vaughn Miller is going to be a nasty combination. And they still have Shane Ray. He just needs to get that wrist injured, uh, healed. And Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett is a very, very good um, outside linebacker. He can do it all. can stop. He can play the run. can pass rush. And then they lost Tlaib. But Bradley Roby at times last season played better than Tlaib did. Tlaib kind of set the slide a little bit. Bradley Roby is ready to start. Bradley Roby has shown that he is going to be a very good starter in this league. So I'm not concerned about the corners. Safety, Justin Simmons is going to be a name that everyone's going to know. Long, lengthy, had an amazing second year last year, and it's going to continue to improve. Um, the one wild card is uh, Cravens. What's he going to be? How is he going to be? But that the, the defense is going to improve. The defense was already the, the third-ranked defense last year. Um, they're going to improve. They're going to get more uh, turnovers. And then the offense is going to get less turnovers. And you just add that to a team, to a franchise that knows how to win, unlike the other franchises in the division. And that leads to a first-place finish. All right. Sounds pretty good and fair to me. Now, Massey, tell him to his face why he is dead wrong. You are dead wrong, and for multiple reasons. Okay. So – Keenum is an upgrade. I give you that. Keenum is your upgrade, and your other upgrade is that punter, and that's about it. So, <laughs> Keenum, Keenum's an upgrade. I give you that. Do you football? Yeah, dude. Roby is not an upgrade over Tlaib. You can, I didn't you say can, he was. You can, you can 420 that all you want, bro, but that's not going to happen. That is a downgrade. That's as bad as saying downgrade. Josh Gordon's the best receiver in the league. I did, I did, hold on. <laughs> I did not say Roby was an upgrade. I said he's ready to come in and start, and he's going to yeah, be a very good starter. But it's going to be a downgrade. Um, Simmons is okay. I wouldn't say he had a great year last year. He had an okay year last year. Um, their defense isn't really – I'm not really that concerned about the defense, except their run defense is not that great. It's actually very – it's pretty bad. And they, 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 they're susceptible against the run. And Chubb – I love Chubb as a player overall. The only question I have with Chubb is I don't think Chubb is a great fit as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Is that where they're going to play him? Because yeah. if they're going to play him there, that's kind of – that that raises red flags to me. You know, he he's a good, great player, but he's a better four three defensive end. And, you know, he gets stuck. He doesn't have the best burst. He's a big guy. He doesn't have the best burst. It's gonna be hard for him to get get to that quarterback coming from a three four linebacker spot as opposed to the defensive end, I think. But I think he'd still be good. I just don't think he's gonna be right away, right off the bat this year, that dynamic pass rusher that you guys are expecting him to be. For the offense, that's where it's going to hurt you guys. I mean, you guys still have – we're going to have to see what Keenum is. Keenum 
you know, is it a fluke? It might be a fluke, honestly, to tell you the truth. He had playmakers all around him in Minnesota. He had a great defense and that helped him out, got him the ball plenty of times. And he had a good he, offensive he line. Yeah, and he had a great offensive line, which he doesn't have in, in, uh, in Denver. But you know, uh, the defense, Case Keenum well, was top five in um, passes against pressure. Just falling but out there. It, okay. It's it's different when you have a great offensive line and you're getting passes when you're getting pressure every once in a while and to when you're getting pressured all the time. It's a completely different ball game when you're when you're getting pressured all the time. But the defense put him in great situations where he didn't have to always go to win the game. He could relax. That was a great benefit to him. It didn't put pressure on when you're down. It puts pressure on you to go win the game. You're more likely to make a mistake. That's what he did in the the first part of his career. He had, he had pressure on him. His team wasn't good. He had pressure on him, and he couldn't do it. His last time starting with the Rams, I know it was with Jeff Fisher, he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Like he, So we're going to have to wait and see. I'm not fully convinced that Keenum is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL yet. I think he's he has potential to be good. He could be a good quarterback. I'm not anywhere close to him being great, and I, I, the, the jury's still out on him for me. The running back situation – C.J. Anderson wasn't great. He left. I think you guys are downgraded up, up there. You still don't have the offensive line. Royce Freeman is an okay pickup. He's not my favorite. He is a guy who could do everything average. Not as good as like, Royce Young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not as good as Royce Young. If you guys would have got Royce Young, that would have been a different story. But uh, Royce Freeman is a guy who does everything average. He doesn't do anything. He, I mean, he's a north-south runner. He can run downhill. He can hit the holes a little bit. If you can create holes, guess what? Denver's not creating any of that, that many big holes. So he's going to struggle a lot there. He's an average blocker. He's an average receiver. He's just not good. He's not going to wow you. And in that running game with that team, I think you need a wow guy, and they don't have it right now. So I don't think the Donkeys are oh. going to be as oh. great you just upset about be, the ass whooping last year. It, it was it was bad. It was it was it was an anomaly. It really was. It, and, it was almost as bad. The, the Broncos whipped the Cowboys' ass almost as bad as the Eagles whipped the Broncos' ass last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was an anomaly. And you know what? If we if we would have played them in the second half of the year, we would have destroyed them. But the first half, it was just second second game uh, second week. It it was weird. We just didn't show up. We didn't travel to Denver, but. Honestly, I just don't see – I don't see the roster on the – the Broncos roster doesn't stack up against everybody else's. How? They have well, – How not? On paper, for one, they have a, one for, of the best secondaries in the division still. They have, yeah, they, one of the best, but they're not the best because L.A. has the best. They uh, can't stay Oakland healthy, has, but continue. They're still the best. They, they, were the best they won't year. be on the field together at all. They're yeah, they, they, they will be. And no, then they, they got they added Derwin James, which even makes him even better. Um, they just – the Broncos just don't have the overall. They might have one or two positions great, but they don't have the overall talent that the, to stack up with the, the rest of the team. And their quarterback is the third worst quarterback in the, in the in the division. And the only reason he's third is because we don't know what we have in Patrick Mahomes yet. And that's the only reason. And the quarterback is the most important Whoa. position on the team. They have the third worst. And we got and and to tell you the truth, Mahomes is a big question mark, but he has buku weapons around him so he could be an average quarterback and still do stuff because guess what he throws a five-yard screen and Tyreek or Kareem Hunt take it 70 yards to the house so he doesn't have to be great he has play he has playmakers who are great and can do it for him let me correct you in a Keenum few things. doesn't have that let me correct you in a few things first of all Denver had the fifth ranked rushing defense last year so where you're saying they didn't have a good rushing defense I don't know 
where you're pulling it out from. Maybe the year before they didn't, but not this past season. Pecco is one of the best nose tackles in the league, and he dominated the rush. And that is why the rush has improved. So Pecco Wolf on the defensive line is a lot better than what um, you you believe or know. Um, also, yes, Tlaib is gone, but Roby has the ability to be a Pro Bowl-level corner in the league. He's shown it. He has shown it. He, scouts, have, scouts have said it. Um, Pro Football Focus rated him extremely high in the games he started. Um, I just can't remember that off the top of my head. I didn't say he was bad. I said he's a downgrade, which he is. I know, but what? You, but also, who who's Talib going to be this year? I Talib last year he showed his speed is go, he's going away. The way Talib plays is he lets guys get in front of him, then he jumps in the ball, but he doesn't lose his speed. That, I don't care shown, what Talib's. I don't care I'm what going to be you, this you year. Can't from see, what he was the last few yeah, years, it's going to be a downgrade. But That's there's my a point. good chance that Roby's better than Talib this year. That doesn't matter. I'm not. It does about matter that. because then there's another downgrade. You can't say no. If Talib was if Talib was bad this year, he downgraded from what he was before. If if Talib okay, if Talib is not as good as Roby is this year, you cannot say losing Talib is a downgrade because Roby is better than him at that point. Absolutely, you can. You can say the position quality down because you can say the position quality downgraded because it wasn't as good as the year before. Okay. Absolutely. We're that's how you downgrade. That's when it, we're that's when it, that's how downgrade works is you're not as good as you were before. And then when it comes to the offensive line, Garrett Bowles, the first round pick, showed a lot of promise last year. He had some issues here and there. He started to play better than toward the end of the Don't season. Don't try to justify that offensive line. I know I am. Matt Paradis is one of the best centers in the league. It's, it's over he is a good center. Because he's on a garbage offensive line. Max Gave Garcia. up the third most sacks in the league, 52 sacks. Keenum's not going to do well with 52 sacks. Not no. at all. But I'm telling you, the offense line has improved. You got the young guys that have another year improving, another year gelling together. The last couple of years has been a revolving door, a constant bringing in guys. It's going to be the same guys. that They added one piece of LD, or hopefully he can stay healthy because he'll be a vast improvement over Watson at right tackle. Um, the only issue that I see that's a major, major downfall is the running back position. And I'm just going to say I'm hopeful. Royce Freeman and his four or five speed and his big body can find some holes and get downfield to help the rushing attack. Because if they can't run the ball, they there will be it, it won't help Keenum obviously. But so they're going to be they're going to be improved in, and and they're going to be improved in their blocking the offensive line. So it's going to be hard to go very not be improved because they were thirtieth last year. In oh past, yeah, and, and they're garbage. Efficiency. I I just hope so hot garbage. How so? Okay, they go to they go they improve and go to twenty fifth. Congratulations, you're still terrible. All right. Well, obviously, you two aren't going to settle it. One of you thinks first; the other one thinks last. I think the I'll best. Be right. I think the best thing to do is to better profile pick on Facebook and let the other guy choose it for a week and see what happens to see who's closer. You guys willing to do that? Okay. okay so sure. wait. What's yeah? What's the um? Is it? Is it going to be like? I guess my question is: Is who's closest to their prediction? Here's how we'll split it. Because I'm the impartial judge here. I don't have a dog in the race. If they finish third or lower, Ray has to change his profile pick. If they finish second or better, Massey has to change his. You guys willing to agree? Absolutely. I absolutely agree. This is going to be easy. This, this is, is going to be awesome. Easy, easy win. All this right, ladies win. and gentlemen, we have our first flock bet, which is something I've been trying to get involved. I baited Massey last podcast. He didn't take it. But this time we did make a bet. 
And speaking of bets, let's look at those Vegas win season totals for this year for this division. First up, we have the Denver Broncos. Vegas has them at seven wins. Massey, I'm guessing you say under? Uh, Definitely going to be under. Um, You said seven wins. I'm going to go with – what were they at last year? They were at five five wins last year. I'll go six. Six this year. I'll I'll give them one. Ray? (laughs) Ray, where do you think they finish? Over. They have one of the easiest schedules in the league this year, and they have a very good team on paper. Obviously, the only thing that would kill them is the, the coach. But we'll see what the coach has. I will say 10 wins, 11 wins. This one's a stay away from me. I'm going to push it seven. I think this is a seven and nine team. They may squeak up to eight and eight. All right, next on the order is the Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, Raystone has finishing last. Now, Vegas disagrees with you because they have them at an eight and a half. Do you see them finishing over or under eight and a half wins? They won 10 games last year. I will say under. I'll give them six. Massey? Over at nine. I think they're going to finish right where they did last year with ten. Up next is the Oakland oh, Raiders. So much hope on Mahomes. And looking has at the, nothing to do with Mahomes. Looking at Vegas' over. No defense. Un- no defense. At looking at Vegas's <laughs> over and under children. <laughs> Vegas has... The Oakland Raiders, soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, at eight. I think they're betting on the gambling public coming in and going for the over because that's their new team and taking a sucker's bet. I see them finishing way under at five and 11, best case scenario. Ray Stone, over or under eight wins. Gosh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to say under at seven. Massey? I'm going to push at eight. Okay. And finally, we have the Chargers at nine and a half wins. I got them winning the division. I think they're going to see 10, maybe 11 wins. I think this is an easy bet. Lock it in. Massey, what do you think the Chargers are going to do at nine and a half for their over-under total? Over. I got them at 11. Ray? I will say over at 10, finishing just behind the Broncos because the Chargers don't know how to finish. Ladies and gentlemen, we agree. It's a three-way. I guess you can go take your money to Vegas right now and lock it in. I'm not saying you do, but you don't even have to go to Vegas anymore because you can now gamble in other states. It's getting out there. But that's going to almost end our podcast. We bring it to our final segment, as always. What you talking about? So, Massey, I got to ask you, what you talking about? What I'm talking about is something that's been bugging me for years and years, and especially since I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and since 2006, 2007, I've had to, I've had to put up with Terrell Owens or Des Bryant until now, and what I'm talking about what's bugging me just eating at me all these years is that the nfl espn pro football focus all these stat guys all these people that go out there and do stats need to come up with a way it's not even hard they need 
to change the INT and take tip passes that get picked off away from the quarterback and put it on the wide receiver. A quarterback should not be responsible. It should not go negative. If they put the, the ball on the money and the wide receiver can't catch it and tips it in the air and the defender picks it off, that's not on the quarterback. That's on the wide receiver. Change the stats, update the stats, get it more accurately, because some quarterbacks are wrongly getting attributed interceptions when they shouldn't be. And that affects their, bo- that affects their bottom dollar paycheck. That's what I'm talking about. Ray, what are you talking about? What am I talking about? Earlier today, I was thinking about all the injuries that we had last year. And all I'm thinking is I, I hope, please, do your NFL gods keep players healthy this year because I do not want another year with Aaron Rodgers down, with Andrew Luck down, with the top talent down in the league. Especially, it's time for Aaron Rodgers to win another Super Bowl, by the way. That's another thing I'm going to talk about. Get him up there with the greats, um, especially with Brady retiring. But, yeah. What you talking about, Matt? Well, I'm talking about Rob Gronkowski. I know we touched on him a little bit earlier. We all agreed he's the best tight end in the league, but he does not have the best tight end contract in the league. Right now, he's making Trey Burton money, and all that man can do is throw touchdown passes to Nick Folk. And Gronk has not gotten a new deal, despite working on it in New England for a bit in the offseason. He's only shown up to the mandatory camps. I think it's time for other teams to investigate and seek out a trade for Rob Gonkowski. Now, I'm nervous to say this. Earlier, speaking into existence, and this is not something I want to speak into existence, but with the horrible receiving core in Dallas, I think, and losing Jason Witten, I think the Cowboys should do their best to explore a trade for Gronk to see what he can do with Dak. I, I think he would... I think I don't want to see it as an Eagles fan, but I think he would do really, really well with that team, and that would be one of the best spots for him to land. And I wouldn't mind, you know, if Dallas wanted to give up their next seven first-round draft picks, I'd be on board <laughs> with that trade. Not that much. <laughs> so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you again for listening. Find us as always at Flock NFL on Facebook. You can download us many places, but if you're listening to the sweet, smooth sound of my voice right now, you've already found where to download us. So make sure you invite your friends to download as well and share our podcast, get us some five-star ratings, and show your boys some love. Massey, say goodnight to the people. Have a good night, Flockers. Ray Ray. See you, Flockers. Have a good Mother one. Mother Flockers, we out. <laughs>